0: Hello and welcome to Brett. We're a newish, spirit-filled, non-denominational church meeting in the Los Feliz area of Los Angeles, or we hope to be again sometime soon. Everything we do as a church is, as with most of the rest of life, currently happening online. We're not all in the same circumstances, but these days are not easy for most of us. Please know that Ed and I are here and available to speak to you if you need any spiritual or emotional support at all. We wanted to do is just sort of start this morning with a bit of an update and kind of um announcements on where we are and where we're going uh, and then we're going to do a song of worship and then ed has prepared a short talk for about 10 minutes then we'll do another song of worship and then we're just going to hang around and pray together if you'd like to at the end um just to sort of open prayer meeting because it feels like that might be a good idea at the minute um But we, uh, along with I'm sure um, a lot of you, have been doing a lot of soul searching over the last weeks. We honestly, both of us, felt um, in pretty desperate need of some guidance and specific instruction about where on earth we go from here. And we feel really answered on that. We feel that God has spoken to us pretty clearly about what He's saying to us as a church, both corporately and individually. But before we say anything else, we wanted to address what happened this week in Washington, not from any political position or like you need to hear any more opinion on it, but as spokespeople for the church, if you have been coming to bread for a while, we hope you know that, uh, or maybe it doesn't need saying that we believe strongly and without any doubt that that behaviour was not based on ideology or belief system that has anything to do with who Jesus is or what his way is like despite what some some lawmakers and citizens have claimed. But we're also very, very aware that this maybe isn't as clear as it should be to many, many people in our culture, that this is not the gospel. So we always want to take a moment like this to just make a clear statement of who we are and what we stand for. As a community of followers of Jesus to whom, let us remember, none of this is new. We believe that when any of us are hurting, it hurts all of us. And while the scenes that we saw were unsettling and scary and ranging probably for all of us, predictable as they may have been, when Nazi symbols and Confederate flags are involved, this burden lands most heavily on people of color. And it is clear to us that calling out the real and putrid stench of white supremacy in America today needs to be done. It needs to be called what it is because we can't stand up against it And we can't stand up for the way of the Kingdom, the clear teaching of Jesus about oneness, togetherness and the real value of all human life. If we're too scared or too uncomfortable to say this out loud. We are sorry and we hurt with you, brothers and sisters, and we're praying for healing, core, deep healing in this land. And we're here and we're listening and we commit to this work as a church and to playing the part that we are called to play. Wednesday's events took us all to our extremes, I think, in terms of the splintered, fractured, divided state of our nation and so much fear. But let's just take this minute to remind ourselves that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. We are not called to react to this like everybody else does out of anxiety and uncertainty. We don't need to fear, to bite back, to spit or to flail. We are given peace. The kind of peace that rules our hearts, which is quite a thing to think about. I've been thinking about a lot this week. Peace that rules us. One body calls to this peace. Right now, actually, what we believe he's telling us to do is rest, rest in him, trust in his ways, his purposes, his reign, his way. We may not clearly see what he is doing, but we can have no doubt that he is doing something, redeeming and forging and bringing goodness and life out of this reckoning. I know, with the sheer volume of uncertainty that so many of us, so many of us are facing, rest can feel impossible. Not to mention those of us who are incredibly busy. We're moving out of our house in three days. Believe me, we understand the sense of incredulity that you might have about being told to rest right now. One of the times I felt that God spoke to me most clearly, in this, to about rest in this season, was in the middle of the night when I'd been awake with insomnia for several hours. I get that rest might not feel like the most obvious word that God is speaking to us. But this is not necessarily the same as getting loads of sleep, although please God can it involve some. This is not necessarily the same as just chilling in our pyjamas or having loads of spare time. And it is certainly not the same as ignoring or disengaging what is happening in the world. Rest, as we're going to explore, is about peace, shalom, letting him take the burdens and make the way green pastures still waters real tangible ways of reaching those places even in the midst of all of this this is what we believe he wants to show us and can we challenge you to come with us on this rest ride over the coming weeks
1: i'm going to talk a little bit more about this in a moment but um Firstly, I wanted to say such a huge thank you to everyone um, who gave so incredibly generously uh, to our end of year campaign. I think um, when we launched it, we were sort of wondering whether we should do this at all, given the um, kind of whole situation (laughs) that everyone was in, but we felt like it was the right thing to do and the response has just been so incredible um, that we have sort of reached our targets but also gone way over our targets and um, and it means that we can uh, and we have already begun to look into how we can rent a building and uh, reopen and we actually have a building in sight that we like um, it's got ample outdoor space for outdoor services and hopefully we can start those in the early spring and by early spring i mean um, as soon as possible Uh, We are extremely excited about that for lots of reasons. Um, It gives a whole new lease of life, I think, to us as a community, and it does feel a little bit like we're starting again, again. It's, you know, if you've been here since the beginning, this might be the third time we've launched this church, Uh, but it does feel a little bit like a launch. Um, uh, But this time with a more permanent home, with much more understanding of the city, and most importantly, um, with a team, with you guys and an existing community and culture. And so um, just for the purposes of clarity this morning, we wanted to kind of frame uh, what's gonna happen in, I guess, three main phases. We've labeled them phase one, phase two, and phase three.
0: We're good at names.
1: So um, one comes first, three is last, and is kind of in the middle. Phase one, uh, this is where we are right now. Uh, basically remaining online, but we're going to reshape things um, a little bit about how we do that, really with the goal of resting in mind. Phase two is where restrictions um, have eased a little bit and we are able to meet in person but outside uh, and following all the safety protocols to make sure that we do that uh, responsibly and without endangering anyone unduly. And then phase three is when we are back, we're in person we're indoors. We are hugging people almost too much because we have uh, not been able to hug people. We are sharing a coffee dispenser. We are singing with aerosol droplets pouring out of our mouths, almost, you know, making sure that they hit people uh, <laughs> just because we can. Uh, because we have the foundations down um, to build up and out and uh, build back the church. Now, of course, we don't know exactly when phase two and phase three are going to be possible, Um, although we can be confident we are rolling in those directions, I think. But in the meantime, let's um, just look at phase one for a bit. We felt that, um, actually for a number of weeks, that the amount of our resources going into online church and the format that we were doing it, which ran for pretty much um, the nine months of last year, it uh, increasingly wasn't becoming the most effective use of our time. Uh, so we've been kind of asking some big questions about how we can um, uh, offer something different um, that best serves everyone whilst not uh, completely destroying us. So the slightly reimagined plan is this: On the first Sunday of each month, um, we are going to have a meeting like this A uh, service on zoom we felt like particularly off the back of our christmas service there was such a great sense of just actually being all together and being able to see people even if we're muted and sitting um uh, in our living rooms um but to have a um talk and to pray and to worship together um so the first one of those will be the first um february month whatever that is first
0: february month first february month the first sunday of february. you know what
1: i mean whatever. Uh, but it's great just to know that we're all here. And um, it's great to have you with us again uh, today. And on the other three Sundays of the month, um, we're basically really going to pare down the online service It's going to be uh, one kind of shorter talk, uh, and one um, uh, w- uh, song of worship. And uh, it's going to be podcastable. So I know a lot of people are just saying I'm zoom fatigued, uh, I need some space. Um, so just um, being able to listen if you don't want to um, uh, to uh, Zoom. Um, watch. 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 If you don't want to watch it, then that would be great. Um, and then uh, uh, we plan to use a bit um, more of the Slack thing. We're kind of trying to be set, that, set that up. And um, we're going to kind of give some more resources uh, for you to listen to, podcasts, etc. The
0: crucial element of all this because obviously that sort of amounts to uh, a lot less time editing and putting stuff together for us but also more streamlined content for you but the crucial element the role that you play in phase one is to stay connected we've got another round of super small groups starting this week several of them have spaces several have been reconfigured so now is a very good time to join one they'll run for just six weeks you can't do that, Seth. There are other groups too. It's not just your group, but Seth and Heidi have got a new group. But there are other groups that, who might flail their arms less. <laughs> We've got a number of great groups. You can sign up online and they start this week and if they anything, run for six weeks.
1: That group looks a bit desperate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they run for just six weeks. So it's not like this huge you know, undertaking of commitment to people. But they are there and they will be your connection points uh your comrades in this experience with you and for you and from the feedback we have had, these are the things that are making all the difference in the world so sign up online this week after six weeks and um, we'll be starting another midweek zoom course which we shall give you more information about in due time But just to reiterate, while I think it would be tempting to sort of just carry on with this clinging to our faith and hope by our fingernails zone until in-person church or indeed in-person life resumes again, we really don't feel like that's what we're being led to do. Actually, we believe that God is saying something very clear about his plans for this time, for this phase one time, about how he wants to keep moulding and shaping and reforming and redoing what has already been undone. And I, I know that this continues to be very hard for a lot of us. But we sort of do want to just speak into all of that, that we that we kind of we might never have this moment again. And let us not waste the opportunity or miss an ounce of what God is saying or an iota of what he's calling us to see and to recognize. Let's try and do far more than survive this last phase. Let's suck every ounce of marrow that there is to be sucked from it as we learn to rest in him, maybe like we've never done before. So now we're gonna sing a song of worship and then Ed is gonna sort of speak a little bit more about this stuff that we've been talking about. But just as we um, go into worship, let us pray. Come Holy Spirit, thank you that everything we do together as a community is in your name, is about your kingdom is about your ways. Thank you that it is your work, it's your vision for this church, it's your plans and that for each and every one of us on this call and anyone listening or watching later that you are at work, that you aren't just idly waiting for this zone to end, that you are at work and you are passionate about what you're doing and what you want us to see and know about you in this time would you come and meet us now spirit of the living god would you fall on each of us in our homes thank you that you are present and that you are real
2: we lift up your name now we
0: worship you jesus amen
2: um
1: i'm going to talk very briefly don't worry Uh, just about um, a little bit more of what I feel like God's saying to us, what we feel like God has been kind of preparing us and leading us as a church to do. Um, And again, Happy New Year, it's 2021. I think probably most of us um, have not had that um, 2021 new bump of, oh, everything's going to be okay now. Uh, But having said that, it is a new year. And I think, however arbitrary the calendar moving from zero Uh, to one at the end. Uh, However arbitrary that is, there is a bit of a symbolism in um, doing something to our soul. And I hope that at least there's something in us that has been able to look forward and to dream and to wonder and to hope. Um, Because uh, we are people of hope, and that's what we're called to do, even in these most desperate of times. Um, And as we said earlier, we are really actually very excited about Um, the resources that we have to um, find a more permanent home for the church. Uh, We're excited about the resources that means to growing the staff team not just with Sally and Raoul who are wonderful and we are so excited about but also others in due time and we're really excited just about how all of this can help us accomplish things for the Kingdom here in LA. So despite everything there are things to be hopeful about and if I'm honest this is what I really like doing. I like dreaming and looking forward and uh, thinking about the future. But because I know I like doing this and this is kind of my default, I thought I should actually look back because it's not always what I do. And so what I did is I looked back at the talk that I gave uh, this time last year, beginning of January 2020. And I found that process actually quite convicting. It's always a bit worrying When you're convicted by your own talk, uh, a talk that you gave 12 months ago, and you realise you learned nothing from it. But that's what happened to me. Uh, But anyway, roughly what I said this time last year, January 2020, was there are so many exciting things that we are planning to do. We're looking to do um, all these sorts of things, and I've kind of listed through all of them. But then I went on to say, these are just some of the things that I think we should do, and we probably will do some of them. But, and this was back in January 2020, now now we firmly believe that God is calling us not to rush, not to push and strive at any of these things, because to do so would actually be disobedient. Because what we feel like God had been showing us was that bread is rather um, called to kind of lurch and grasp at the next big thing, however big or small. What he's actually calling us to do is to breathe and to trust And to be with him and to love him and to go deeper into what he is already doing and has actually been doing in us for a while so this was about 12 weeks before lockdown hit the whole world as we knew it kind of came to a standstill and we haven't of course met in person as a church since precisely the sort of situation where we actually can't do much stuff precisely the sort of situation that lends itself to actually needing to breathe and to trust and to be with him, precisely the sort of situation that actually forces us to slow down and to sit with our feelings, however uncomfortable those may be, and to sit with our thoughts, however unprocessed they may be, and to sit with our relationships, however complicated and difficult to navigate, to sit with our, uh, our ambitions, however self-serving those may be. Precisely the sort of situation this lockdown has been that exposes actually just how futile all our lurching and grasping and longing for things that aren't happening can be. Now, as I'm sure you're aware, interest in uh, kind of self care through uh, this lockdown has kind of gone through the roof. Our culture, uh, if not before has now become very aware um, of its need to get its personal house in order. But I'm not interested in self-care. I'm interested in what our friend Bill calls soul care. How they differ, I will come on to. But the reality is, um, let's just be clear for all of us, we've got a few more weeks of this lockdown to go. And God is calling us, I believe, now exactly to what he's been calling us for the last nine months. And in fact, throughout our earthly lives, he's calling us, to be well with our souls, Um, which always reminds me of a song. I've probably said this before, but there's a song taken from Scripture. It says, wake up my soul. And I remember being in a meeting with a very earnest and well-meaning worship leader who wanted to make it more corporate. So he's singing at the beginning, wake up my soul. And then he wants to make it all like, let's all do this together. And then he starts singing, wake up our souls. Um, Anyway. What He is calling us to do, God is calling us to do, is um, for it to be well with our souls. So um, can I ask a question of you as I ask it of myself, in the midst of this in, this, in the midst of this pandemic, how is it with your soul? How is it? In um, Genesis 2, when God breathes life into the dust to form humankind. The picture is not of like this dust being embodied with a soul, rather the dust becomes a soul as it receives God's breath, his spirit. It becomes this whole creature because we are not as human beings just bodies like animals and we are not just spirits like angels. We are souls, full humans. So um, from a biblical perspective, The soul is our full humanity, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our emotions. So how is it with yours? How is it with your body? I'll be honest, mine is going in all the wrong directions. How is it with your emotions? How is it with your spirit? How is it with your mind? How we are feeling in general is going to be a a pretty good barometer actually of the state of your soul. So the Bible tells us, for instance, that it's okay, and it's right, in fact, often, to get angry. Anger is the correct response to boundaries being crossed. But to be angry, to be angry people, is not who God made us to be. Similarly, sadness and grief are the right responses to loss. They allow us to let go and to give it over to God, and to see what he is doing next. And many of us will need to learn how to grieve well because the loss of this time hasn't ended, is going on and we're going to need to process it healthily. But sadness as a state of constancy is the opposite of who God made us to be. And fear, it can be helpful. It's the way we tell ourselves that we need protecting. But living a life of anxiety robs us of the life Jesus has given us. Now, from a Christian perspective, our, our souls, our whole beings, are designed to operate on two axes. There's the vertical axis and the horizontal axis. We are souls in relationship. We are not for ourselves because we're for God, we're dependent on Him. But also, we're not for ourselves because we are part of a community. We are for other people. It's kind of why um, culture's self-care language, it's right for us to be a bit wary of. Because if it doesn't have at its foundation this idea of relationship that we're for Jesus and we're for other, it kind of runs the risk of becoming a little bit self-related and maybe even selfish. It's kind of me against the world. I've got to cut out all these things that stop me from being happy for my life. I've got to look after number one, primarily. Now, please don't get me wrong. Healthy boundaries are essential for our soul's health. And this is something that we're going to look at in the coming weeks. But if our goal is to remove all chaos from our lives, we are fighting a losing battle. Life is chaotic. It's always been chaotic, and it will remain chaotic for the rest of time until heaven is fully realised. Soul care is about living healthily in the midst of the chaos. As well, of course, living healthily in the midst of the beauty and the joy and the love and the peace that life is also about. But as we have seen so starkly this week, our culture is all over the place. I actually can't think of a time, even when I include the last 12 months of weird freneticness, that things have been more chaotic. There is panic and anger, and those tasked with leading us seem as, if not more, frenetic than anyone else. So what the world needs more than ever is people who are grounded, who are founded and rooted who are not blown here and there by the winds of culture. Soul care has built into it this orientation towards God and towards the larger community and it's about being for the sake of other, him and everyone else around us. And we are only going to be useful to others and useful to him and therefore useful to ourselves to the degree to which we are actually orientated in those two directions, vertical and horizontal. And Jesus says to each of us, daily in fact, as many times as we need to hear it, and can I say most certainly this morning as we sit here on a Zoom at the beginning of yet another strange but wonderful year on earth, he says once you've done with your version of orientating your life, or once you're done with what you think culture requires of your orientation of life, once you've got to the end of all those things and seen and found them wanting, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm always here, says Jesus to care for your soul. He is the means and he is the model. He perfectly exhibits what it is to be human. And what flowed from him, this perfectly orientated soul, was all the fruits of his spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And don't we all want more of that in our lives? This is what he is welcoming us into yet again for the first time or the millionth time. It doesn't matter. He's just saying, when you're ready, come to me. So just to end, how do we get reorientated? And we are going to be looking at this over the next coming weeks because what we want to do when we finally get to those phases in two and three, which are so exciting, is to have people who are ready who are grounded and not all over the place, ready to be the people we're called to be so that we might impact this world for him. How do we get reorientated? Well, I think if you think about Jesus, this is what I'm going to end with. So don't worry, we're almost done. But if you think about um, Jesus' ministry, he says lots of things. He commands lots of things, he says, uh, to turn the other cheek, for instance, he says, don't worry, he says all these sorts of things. But really, these are um, secondary commands to three um, things that he says, which underpin everything else. And they are very simple. They are repent, believe, and receive. This is always the process. For us the whole time, Christian life, pretty simple, repent, believe, receive. For our context now, repenting is as simple as admitting that we've wandered away. Just come back to him. I think we are far more obsessed with our sin than Jesus is. We obsess about it and he just says, I've dealt with it all, would you please, please just give it to me? Because... It's not actually the fact that it separates us from him. He's dealt with that on the cross. What it does is it robs us of our life. It stops us being who we are. So please stop obsessing about it, give it to him, and he can deal with it so we can move on. Repent, believe that he knows best, that he is the one who's gonna get us through, that he's the one who is here right now and he wants to orientate us in a way that actually brings us health now we don't need to drum up big loads of faith obviously the more faith you've got the better but you just go with what you've got you can't pretend you've got more faith when you haven't and even this is the beauty of it if it's as small as a mustard seed that'll do that's more than enough and then just receive as Jesus says to his disciples, he also says to you, his disciple. I'm breathing on you now receive my Holy Spirit. And it's his Spirit who communicates our forgiveness, his love, his joy, all the fruits of his presence. So allow him to grow them in you again, and rest. This is how we orientate ourselves in a way that is useful to everyone else, to him, and therefore to ourselves. That's what we're going to be doing as a church. So let me pray for us all. We're going to sing a song, and then um, if you'd like to, you can um, stick around, and we're going to pray as a community for a bit. Um, But let's pray, shall we? Come, Holy Spirit. breath of the living God, would you fill us again? Because we need you. We turn to you.
2: In the glory,
1: we believe in you.
2: Of your presence,
1: Lord, would you I find bring rest, rest in each of our souls?
2: For my The depths of your love, I find.